Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Three Down Greencast is brought to you by the Pile of Bones Brewing Company. Home delivery now available in Regina and Saskatoon at sassbeerdelivery.ca. Welcome to the Three Down Greencast. The internet's only the CFL has been postponed. Podcast. <laughs> uh, I mean, in 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 fairness, I mean it's it's uh, the joys of both of us being unemployed. You were able to text me and say we should probably podcast about this. There was no bullshit. It was like, yeah, <laughs> let's do it tonight. I need something to do. I'm getting bored. Yeah. So if you for some reason haven't heard by now, and uh, we are breaking the news for you, which I. Don't anticipate we are the CFL announcing today on a town hall on their website, uh, Commissioner Randy Ambrosi, that uh, the season will be delayed until we September, which I think everyone and their dog saw coming. It was going to be uh, going to be the case. There were some rumblings about various different things going on. We're going to get into all of that as usual, but uh, you know the the real big news to come from the announcement mm-hmm. today was that because the CFL season is going to be delayed, right, till at least September. And the Great Cup has officially been cancelled in Regina, at least as an official like festival big kind of thing. The Riders could in theory right. still host if they finish with the best record of teams in the Great Cup. Right. However, that's all fine and dandy. That's that's all big news. That's that's stuff that's going on and that's got CFL fans talking. But the real big news, at least in our world, in this uh world of the green cast, it means that uh, our consecutive streak of making sure that we do this podcast in separate cities. <laughs> will continue uninterrupted now, likely until at least November 2022, when the Riders are now set to host the Great Cup. Because yeah. we were hoping to potentially do some kind of live program the week of Great Cup here in Regina, likely at the Pile of Bones Brewing Company. Right. Uh, we may have actually given a crap and like tried to get some kind of interesting guests of some kind to uh, get you to listen and to get people to come down a little bit. But, Which, uh, believe it or not, we do actually have some connections. We just, like, we're not those guys that ever lean on them until, like, we absolutely need them. And that was going to be, like, we were going to blow our wads, all the connections, all the fanfare. There might have been fireworks. We don't know. But I definitely would have been chugging beers and probably binge eating some sort of food. Oh, we would have been ordering nachos there for sure from Malinch. Like, there's, oh, there's no oh, question about that. So good. Oh, my God. The food is so good there. Absolutely. So... That just means, yeah, we're just going to continue to um, half-ass this thing for the next uh, two years and a few months, two and a half years, I guess. Right, right. And then, you know what, if if after another two years, and this is year two, if after that long, nobody shows up to our, like, live recording. That may be our last show ever. That, that, that like, if we, if, like, <laughs> if, if, we, if the audience is, like, 
your lovely wife, my lovely wife, your dog. Maybe we can convince a couple guys from the CFL community to come out, and that's it. There's like ten people here. That I think I think we just go out in a blaze of glory. We still we still get all the guests we can. We still get the Hall of Famers. We still get the play by play guys, and we just go. You know what? F it. Ten people showed up. This is it. I'm just gonna get real drunk rather than just a little drunk. See, we can get away with it though because it'll probably be a night of the Grey Cup week, so the bar is gonna be packed anyway. And we can say, hey, look what we did, even though we had Bru- nothing to do with it. Right, right, right. <laughs> and we'll still because we're, we're not going to do some like ticketed event where you have to pay to come or anything like that. Like, no, no, no. No, that's 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 fair. Unless we find out some way to do it by donation, we get the CFL community involved. But that seems like a lot of work. But it does. I guess we got like two years to work on it now. Yeah, we also Which... have two years to apparently plan now the shuffleboard invitational with Fake Gainer. Right, right, right. With the punt-off challenge. Now, the punt-off challenge is something that Fake Gainer and I have had going back and forth on Twitter for four years now. So I will have time to never skip leg day for the next two years. Oh, you're going to skip leg day like every day still. No, that's, 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 that's fair. That's although standing and cooking and doing dishes is definitely building up the calf muscles. Mm-hmm. I've got some sweet definition there now. I can tell you as someone who used to do it for a living, standing up all day is really good for the body. <laughs> it, it, it really is. And uh, I got the, I got these big, big, big ass calf muscles now. Um, I don't know if that has anything to do with punting. I'm assuming it does. Um, but you know what? I could definitely kick it through the back of the end zone with regularity mm-hmm. from the 10 yard line. Think about your broom losing weight now. That's oh my broom losing weight next year. <laughs> like, like we might need to like it might be like that scene in Men with Brooms when the two rocks hit and just like stuff just explodes. Like my broom losing weight. Um, I can't wait to try that when we can finally go and curl again next year. Which, in fairness, might be my first. Like I feel like that'll be the first thing that actually gets me like out and into a social setting if we're mm. allowed to. I mean, it's going to change the world of curling pretty significantly because there's, you know, there's pre-game rituals, post-game rituals. You kind of share some equipment during the game and the whole kind of thing like that. Like, it's it's going to be interesting to see kind of at the club level what changes, right? Well, they're talking about um, only one person sweeping to limit, like, so everybody stays, like, you're six feet apart yeah. and only one person sweeps the rock. So so that way you're not like face to face with another person that's sweeping. So um or you could be, somebody... or you could be like yeah the, or it works if you're the old guys that sweep on the same side or one guy's inevitably like 6 feet ahead of the other anyway. <laughs> this is going to be watch watch some team of like 60 year old guys that have been sweeping on the same side of the rock 6 feet apart are uh, they're going to be the guys that make the briar this year. Like yeah. never mind new look team Matt Dunstone with Kirk Myers and like and Mosky and, and and Dunny and all those like super hyper talented curlers that try. No, it's going to be two old dudes that sweep on the same side, six feet apart, because that'll be the rule. And they're just going to like this briar. The average age of the briar might be seventy five in the competitors. Competitors. It seems entirely possible. Yeah. It seems the most likely scenario that's definitely going to happen. Clearly. <laughs> the other interesting thing to come from this now is. Um, I feel like there should be an Emmy for the best timed program release in history. Mm-hmm. Because it premiered this evening. We're recording this on a Wednesday night for a change. Right. 
Um, I didn't actually watch any of it. I just happened to see a commercial for it the other night. Or a promo, as we call it in the biz. Mm-hmm. For Ultimate Tag. <laughs> hosted by all hosted by all three Watt brothers, apparently, of the NFL. Clearly taped that... a long time ago because there's actually like a studio audience in the whole thing. Right, right, when people were allowed to hang out. Yep. Yep, back when we were allowed to do things. Right. And basically the premise is people... I assume everyday people, probably like staged everyday people, kind of like reality TV, mm-hmm. basically play tag on these kind of American Gladiator-like courses. So what a perfect time to release a show about literally trying to run away from people not trying to get touched. <laughs> like, is, it, is there not a more perfect, completely accidental luck of a draw release in TV history of, hey, we're trying to run away from people right now. Huh. That's working on TV, too. Right. We're, and a bunch of Watts are involved, and it's all good. And I just hope, like, like, okay, and this shows the YouTube vortexes I've gone down lately. Mm-hmm. I've watched actual, like, competitive tag. I hope this is guys at, like, our fitness level. They're like, huh. Okay. I've, I've seen some of the pictures of the competitors online. They look like people who couldn't quite crack it in WWE, basically. Oh. Okay, yeah. So every, like, I think I, these like, are specific. Like they're listed as every the the description says they're everyday people, but I don't really believe they're everyday people. We'll put it that way. No, no, it'll be like some guy that like blew out his Achilles his draft year and couldn't make the NFL or MLB or whatever. Yeah. This is gonna be a big sob story about how. Okay, over under sob stories per episode three and a half. <laughs> it's not the NFL draft. <laughs> I got the over. I got the over. Any I haven't watched it yet, so I don't know if they actually get into the stories of these people or if it's just a game. So, I mean, That's... it just premiered tonight. Maybe I'll have to go find it. Maybe I'm sure it's on demand somewhere soon. We, we'll find it. See, see speaking of, of things This may become out... an ultimate tag podcast if the CFL season doesn't start. So. Holy crap. It, it might be that. No, no. You know what it might become? Because it's the one sport that has never stopped through all of this. We're going to become a cornhole podcast. Or a Marvels podcast. Right. Both have kept going. But the funny thing is, is when you see, like, out of context, like, cornhole highlights on Twitter, like, you see a person seems to stumble across. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, that was a really impressive shot, I think. But, like, <laughs> everybody is still, like, they're wearing their masks, they're wearing their gloves. Like, I'm surprised they're not out there with full face shields. But, like, if if you can't become, like... And I hope poker kind of became a big thing here in Canada during the NHL lockout because there wasn't a lot going on. It's like, oh, poker's pretty rad to watch. Cornhole has been going on the entire time, and I haven't met a person who gives a shit about cornhole. Like, this is like when when you saw the grocery shelves emptied out and all that was left was, like, watermelon and asparagus pizza. <laughs> Which I would still try, which I would still try, but yeah. That's that's fair. But the manufacturers go, okay, there was a global pandemic, and we still couldn't sell watermelon asparagus pizza. We're going to discontinue that. Like, I feel like if you're a sport, like a legitimate thing, and you can't pull ratings right now, Mm -hmm. it might be time to uh, fold up the shop. Yeah. Well, that was the interesting thing on the segment of last week tonight, where they talked a lot about sports, and they had a clip from Vince McMahon talking to investors recently on one of their calls and he was talking about how the, the you know the need for content and everything is strong right now mm-hmm. and there's like a desire for live programming etc 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 raw ratings have never been worse 
Yeah. <laughs> well, well that, and, and, and in fairness to wrestling, without the crowd, it is just weird. It is, like, and it is... especially in Vince's world where nothing has changed forever and he has not adapted to kind of 2020 wrestling what wrestling no. fans actually want now because I mean I don't watch either of them on any kind of regular basis people right. that are into wrestling tell me that AEW's studio wrestling without crowd is significantly better right well it's even and it's interesting too I was um of all things I was I was driving my minivan rather than my Nissan SUV and that's why you did the brand movie. Right, of course. I <laughs> still, still got to get it out there. Still got to get the brand out there. I am fun employed, but gosh darn it, we need some more sales so I can stop being fun employed. Um, so Lacey tells me she's a big listener to like Hollywood radio and stuff like that. So Joe Buck is on uh, Andy Cohen's uh, XM station, mm-hmm. and he's interviewed. It's actually very interesting. And Joe Buck says it's already decided. That if the NFL comes back, they are looking not only at, at like, they're going to have a crowd noise operator, yep. but they're going to have virtual fans in the stands. Yeah, I've seen that around online, yeah. Like, like how, how like, if you're, the, if you're the WWE with all the money and resources and everything that they have, like, you think you would have figured that out. Because I, I feel like... Except when John Cena comes out and everyone's actually cheering, no one would believe it. <laughs> <laughs> well... You can't see when John Cena comes out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was terrible. But still, I like I feel like if there was even though like the virtual fans or something like that, like I feel like I would have gotten into the WWE, but yeah, I just uh, instead I find myself here drinking again and uh watching the 1993 Stanley Cup final uh between the uh LA Kings and Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. Excitement abound. So much hooking. Entering, yeah, basically the start of like the worst era in hockey history. Right. Like it's just it's just everybody's getting like hauled down. Like everybody's white. Everybody's getting hauled down. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the CFL season will be starting at September. <laughs> by the latest, as their season's also been hooked, and we'll get oh, to there that. There you go. There's you know. a transition. I was, I was wondering how you're going to get into that gas. That's impressive. And we'll get into that a little bit. I never trip on my transitions. And that was good. That was... <laughs> <laughs> Shit, that's one of your best ones. <laughs> and I totally do trip on them sometimes. But anyway, uh, that's fair. But that, that applause, that was yeah. that was good. As usual, uh, before we get into all of that, uh, John, what's in the glass this week? Uh, I continue because, again, being fun employed, I remain cost-effective, lean, and neutral. Uh, tonight I am drinking again a uh, Lucky Bastard vodka with uh, pink lemonade in it. But over the weekend, I uh, did a whole bunch of yard work uh, to the point like I actually today's the first day that my back didn't feel like complete shit, hmm. but it still felt a little shitty. Uh, lots of shoveling, lots of landscaping, um, and the only way I could cope with all that was I grabbed myself a Rebellion Golden Crush. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, it was so good. And the nice thing was it was on my poker night. I try not to get too drunk when I play cards anymore because I find my drunk level concedes with my losing money level. You don't so, say. Yeah, right? Weird how that happens. <laughs> uh, Golden Crush, if you like a hazy IPA, but it's you not, might want to. It's a session, yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's nice because you can you can have a couple 
at four and a half percent and still get that taste, that citrusy, summery taste that uh, that you love. So um, I would put it up there with the official beer of the uh, of our podcast, that being the Pile of Bones White IPA. But uh, yeah, some Golden Crush. It was delightful. Went down great after all the all the working, and I lost two out of the three poker games I played that night amongst five people. Yeah, Golden Crush, usually one of my favorites by Rebellion, I believe. Uh, they changed the hot profile a little bit this year and did like complete citrus, so it's like extra juicy this year. It is, yeah. It, it's got a yeah, it's got a little less hoppy bite than uh, than before. I found before it was very similar to the White mm-hmm. IPA, but yeah, this year I found uh, I, the the four pack I got and uh, that were all gone in a day, as usual. Yeah. Um, I did find yeah, it was v- very much uh, smoother, citrusier, uh, and if, if that's a word, and juicier. It's a word now. <laughs> uh, for me, I am going with the uh, Toby Tribute, the Blood Orange Ginger Ale. This is, uh, mm, yes. this is a fun little beer brewed by the uh, Lady Rebels Beer Club. They're a group of uh, women down here in Regina who are either professionally uh, or home brewers or just enthusiasts of beer in general. They used to meet uh, when we used to be able to do things and you know chat about beer and drink beer and taste beer. And uh, once a year now as part of the... I believe it's called the International Women's Collaboration Brew Day, which I believe also happens to fall on International Women's Day. Um, mm-hmm. They they brew a beer together, and it usually ends up pretty good. Uh, this year is uh, named after uh, Cheryl Tovey. She is uh, one of the legends over at Bushwhacker. She's been there forever. And so they made this with her. She's part of the club as well. So it's kind of a tribute to her. And, yeah, it's a blood orange. It's got ginger, and it's just it's just nicely well-balanced, too. You don't get, like, too sweet on the orange, and it's not, like, super bitter because it's clearly it's obvious fresh ginger here like it's not like gingerbread ginger where it's right. super like sweet so you get a nice balance of both and it uh tastes really good i can tell you that i will i will be giving that a try uh next week after because this this week was all about the uh, the rye and the vodka mm-hmm. next week i'll be back into the beers yes if you can find a few of them around i know we i got mine through the pre-sale because they were they wanted to make sure a lot of it went out right away uh portions of all proceeds go to the ywca Yes, I could not. Uh, my last journey to my two favorite liquor stores could not find it at either. Actually, then it's probably gone. If it, even it. Got, if it even got to Saskatoon, I'm not sure if that, it did or not. That's that's fair. There's a good chance that that it probably didn't. Um, so we don't know if the football is going to be coming to Saskatoon this year or not. No, uh, no we knew we knew I'll... camp wasn't going to be there, but there was an outside shot that they could be included as part of a hub city which uh, we'll get into in a little bit here. But, um, yeah, CFL has announced that the regular season will not start until at least September, which I think at this point doesn't surprise anyone. It was pretty yeah. much the, you know, kind of, I think we we talked about this a few weeks ago, that it was likely September start was probably the earliest, and we were talking about right. that in April. So yeah, we were. the yeah. fact that the CFL came out and I think kind of put all the rest of it to bed right now, I think makes a lot of sense. Um, there is still the possibility there might not be a season at all. And I think that's still a very realistic possibility. It's really going to depend on a lot of different factors at this point, which I think number one is going to depend on, you know, kind of where we're at in terms of people allowing to attend games. And if people in the correct numbers that they need can attend games, can they get government money is basically what it's going to come down to because yes, if they can't get government money and they can't have people coming to games, there's just not going to be enough revenue really to sustain itself for the year. No, and I think I think they've said uh, as much. Um, I think if you've read between the lines that 
you know, they need government money to to succeed. They need or they need fans. And and I realistically don't think that fans are going to be a thing that no matter where you go in the province or in in the nation. Not not uh, a significant level that's going to really boost the revenues a whole lot. Right. You and I were talking before we recorded that, you know, optimistically, maybe September, October, you know, Randy Ambrosi made the point today saying, you know, so much has changed in 100 days compared to where we were 100 days ago. We're hoping for the same thing. But you're not going to see full stadiums, even if they allowed fans in. You know, you might see, you know, three to five thousand getting a little bit of that gate, though. But you're not you're not going to see sellouts. Right. So. The CFL is going to need government money, and the the announcement today, uh, before you and I really knew what was going on, you were texting, we were texting, and I thought I was going to be right. I thought this was going to be Ambrosi because, let's face it, he kind of got his ass kicked by the by uh, by the finance committee when he went in front of them. Like, I, I don't think it was a good meeting. It was not a good look for Ambrosi. You saw a bunch of those, some of those stupid Facebook groups putting out, like, I do not support Randy Ambrosi. I want you to resign right now, right? Like, you saw a bunch of that because he seemed ill-prepared. Mm-hmm. And I thought from that was honestly coming the cancellation of the season today, especially when you're talking to season ticket holders. But, you know, I, I'm feeling more optimistic I feel like maybe some of the smaller group sessions have gone better. Maybe the CFL has a a feeling that they're going to get some level of federal support, which is why, you know, I think I think today was optimistic, you know, to, to come out and say that, hey, we're looking to start in September. We're looking to go and, you know, into our home cities. We're kind of dismissing the idea of hub cities. So. You know, if I'm a CFL fan, I'm 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 feeling pretty good today. I, I you know you have to get some patience, but mm-hmm. you have to feel pretty good that 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 the commissioner of the league talked to season ticket holders and said we're looking at September. Yeah, and it's it's it's, it's still disappointing in a sense. Like I think this for me at least is sort of the first kind of major pillar to really fall in the sports world. I'm really going to feel it. I'm going to notice it. Right. Not quite yet. Like, yeah, training camps would be opening right now and all that. And, you know, I get that. I get missing all that right now. But realistically, yeah, when we get to kind of that mid-June where the kickoff would have happened and it's not, it's going to be weird. Now, luckily, it's in the middle of the summer, so hopefully there will be other things to do that it won't be quite so bad. I mean, for once, a lot of us involved in the football industry in this country, eh, we'll get to enjoy our summer more, quite frankly. My Um, lawn looks, my yard looks awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just going to look more awesomer from here on in. Yes, so it's going to be different and it's going to be like a season like no other. There's no question about that. But this was a decision that had to be made. And I think coming into this week, I was was starting to feel optimistic. I know you, you know, and we both kind of talked about this in the past where we both kind of thought there wasn't going to be a season. Mm-hmm. I was slowly coming around to the idea that I knew there wasn't going to be a full season by any stretch of the imagination, but I was like, mm, maybe by mid to late August, we might start to see something. Uh, September for sure, I was starting to feel like there would be some kind of a season as long as they got some help from somewhere. Wherever that money came right. from, whether it was the government, whether you know for some reason the NFL decided to step up to keep the number two league in the world going, or there was some kind of scheme where they were able to produce revenue for themselves or something. The provinces or whatever yeah, it might be. As long as something came up, then I'd be like, okay, yeah, I feel like if there's something there where they can at least reduce their losses this year, because I don't think, 
even if September, you know, the the first games are Labor Day weekend, life is completely back to normal, and you're allowed to sell 30,000 tickets to stadiums, even with only four games apiece at home, roughly, no team's going to make money this year. That's just, that's just no, what it is. absolutely. That's just what yeah. it is. So it's, it's about loss mitigation at this point. I get all that. It's basically keeping the brand afloat for a year until you can hopefully get back to normal in 2021 or some degree of normal in 2021. Yeah. Which... Which again, you and I talked about the, the merits of of maybe shutting down and focusing on twenty twenty one, but I don't think we I fully think, understood the you know how dire that would be for the league financially. No, I agree with you, and that's that's what I was about to say too. Mm-hmm. And 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 I think too that you know you look at Canada's response to to the COVID pandemic, mm-hmm. and it seems to be going relatively well. Where when Ambrosi is telling people, you know, we might have some, the league is ready to start in September. We, you know, things, I'm not saying anything is ever going to be back to normal. I don't think no. it's ever going to be back to normal, but you know, we, we might be at a point where things are normal enough where maybe they can get some corporate dollars and maybe they can, they can get 2000 fans in the stands. And maybe it's not such a daunting ass to ask, you know, trucks of full of production staff to travel across the country because i because we all focus on the players but mm-hmm. to me that's what we need to think of oh you know, there, there's a... yeah and so it comes down to it takes an army to put a game on television oh god yes with everything involved so and I, you know i think we talked about this last time on the podcast or maybe we've talked about it otherwise yes the fact remains if you're going to put on a cfl game or any sporting event but we're talking specifically basically about a football game in, in our regard here, you're going to have probably 250 to 300 people still in the building. Mm-hmm. Between, yep. say, 100 to 110 people per team on the sideline, you know, how many camera crew, cable crew, announce crew, different media, the officials, you know, the whole rigmarole, the stats people, the whole thing that continues on. Whether there's fans in the stands or not, you still need to be able to get clearance for 250 to 300 people to be in a building. Right, and and that's and I think that's a good number because that's what the Premier Lacrosse League is has come out and, and basically announced their entire. And you can't do this with football, and I get this, but it's a bad comparison in a, mm-hmm. to a degree. But the PLL is basically they went to the American government and said, "Listen, it's 250 people to put this whole thing on." And it's two weeks. And that's why they got the okay. I mean, again, America doesn't give a shit. But I mean, when the Florida governor's on TV saying, if your, sport, if your state won't let your team play sports in your state, come to us. I mean. Right, exactly. <laughs> the PLL is smart enough. And I mean, like, lacrosse people are, 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 much like football people, are generally educated people. So it uh, for them to come out and say, yeah, you know, we can do this with 250 people. Just, just think of that per CFL game. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, obviously the the rosters are much bigger in the CFL, but we're not talking about a week's worth of teams in, or two weeks worth of teams in the same place. Right. Like I've been in a dome production truck. These are the guys that make the broadcast magic happen. Mm-hmm. You cannot be six feet away from people in those trucks. No. You, you, it's impossible. Like you'd have to redo the truck. So which we know Bell and Rogers are not spending money on. So. Oh, no, no, absolutely. What? And that's why I, I, I think today's dismissal of the hub city surprised me a little bit. Like, I, I to me, it would just be much easier 
to put all your players, all your personnel for a short two month run and your production staff all at like, because again, thinking of production staff here, basically any stadium that's been built recently has HDMI hookups. You hook the plug into the truck. You need one truck instead of three. That's why I'm surprised that the CFL is so dismissive of the Hub City idea. Like, there must be a reason behind it. Like, I they must well, they haven't completely shut the door to it quite yet. But they, they, it, they, it certainly they, looks like they're leaning to not doing it. And to me, there must be a financial reason that it just doesn't make sense. Right. Like, but I, I'm I like because I, I mean, let's say. You would probably have to do the two hubs. I don't think you could do one hub for all nineteen. No, absolutely. Even not. though I think scheduling wise, that would make more sense in terms right. of four games a week in one spot. Because if you break it up east west, suddenly you have you know five teams, four teams. That whole thing becomes a little more complicated. But there are people who get paid more money to figure that out. Right. Um. But so it, it depends. At the end of the day. Does put in now, while you could probably get some smoking deals on hotels or wherever right now for a couple of months because they'll be so desperate for business, they'll take just about anything, I'm sure. Right. There must, like, they must have crunched the numbers and realized maybe there isn't enough of a difference between having hub cities and having these teams just maybe not fly, but travel via bus or something between the cities between games like it, it, there must just not be enough of a difference or it's the same or it's maybe cheaper still just a bus or whatever i don't know there must to me there must be some kind of numbers where it just doesn't make sense because i think from for a lot of other reasons for safety for all that you know that whole kind of thing it makes sense but there must be numbers for a league that is already going to lose money this year there must be some kind of numbers where it just makes sense to play teams at home now you bring up something interesting joel is is the busing idea mm-hmm um, you and I are both Ontario guys. Let's face it, you could... The logistics of busing out east are easy. Yeah, and if via rail's up and running now, you could even, like, you could get a whole train car to yourself if you wanted to. Right. And I can tell you, as a guy that, that did play-by-play for the CJFL, the Western Canada bus trips, they're not that bad. I mean, they're not great by any stretch of the imagination i mean your bc trip would be a logistical nightmare but it, it i i think busing might be the way to go yeah, you're not exposed at least you're in a controlled environment because I, I you get yeah, you can charter planes and all that and the plane will be fine and for the most part even like for myself and for you know kind of everyday people it's not like the plane i'm worried about it's more so the airport Right, exactly. And and these teams are still flying into major international airports and exposure yeah. and things like that. And, you know, <laughs> if I'm a CFL player, you know, especially the Canadians, you've traveled on, you've had some shitty bus trips. Mm-hmm. You have done, you know, if you if you play for the Manitoba Bisons, you've done, you've done Winnipeg to Calgary a couple of times a year. Well, now right? if you play for the, the Winnipeg Ice... Once a year, you're taking the bus from Winnipeg to out to Victoria, or you're taking it out to Seattle and Portland and all those places. Oh yeah, junior. I mean, junior hockey's just that's a whole other discussion. What a gong show that is. But yep. I mean, you mentioned that. I, I to me that that might be something that the CFL needs to look at and and still having their their cities. But I I still go back to thinking about like 
see, maybe this this is why I can't wrap my head around not doing a hub city because, yeah, okay, you're gonna have eighty players plus ref. Let's let's just ballpark it. At, you're gonna have a hundred and twenty coaches, players, officials on the field at all times. Yeah. But now all of a sudden in every city you're exposing production staff. You're exposing them as they take their truck across the country or their two trucks for some cities. And, you know, now they have to go to Winnipeg from home base in Toronto and they have to do things like that. So I'm glad they're looking at playing in their home cities. There must be a financial reason. I'm with you on that. There's a financial reason and there could be kind of a – a human PA player side to this. Cause I, I know the discussions came up early on about, you know, this side of it when it's maybe not so bad for a two month CFL season that may, it may or may not exist. But when they're talking about playing like the entire major league baseball season in Arizona and guys are like, you expect me to spend, you know, six months in a hotel room away right. from my family. Oh, thanks. Right. Exactly. And I can't, I, and especially too, in the CFL, I think, Maybe and maybe that is a part of it, right? I mean, mm-hmm. even in the CFL, we say, "Oh, whatever." It's just it's just two months. But you know, here me as a as a, as a dad, I couldn't imagine thinking and going and spending. And although I make and, I and make, there, in, in fairness, there are a lot of guys in the CFL that do that anyway because they come up from the United States and leave their family behind to play for the right. entire season, right? But you still you still have fifty percent of your team that yes. you have to assume is not doing that, or yeah. your American players that have made Canada home. Like yes, I couldn't imagine. Sure, I couldn't imagine being sequestered away from my wife and two kids for two months. Yeah, it'd be, you know, for a couple of days you're in paradise, but after that, I mean. <laughs> uh, you know what? I've been, yes, I've been daddy daycare since March. I'd, 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 I'd take a couple of days right now, so. Two months, though, not so much. So I do, yeah, the human side of it, and that's the thing I think we all seem to forget. It seems mm-hmm. to be the human side of it that, you know, these are people with families and 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 they're not they are here for entertainment to make us feel like life is normal but you know you gotta think there's some guys on that the, 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 yeah this is still their job and they still have a life right like they're not just here purely for our pleasure so exactly and and you can't like and i get i get some of the backlash of the mlb and the nfl and the nhl guys that make you know five to 15 million a year some of these CFL guys are making 70G. 70G Canadian and then going across the border, taking it home and coming home with like after taxes and everything like 20G. Exactly. So, you know, if you told me for two months I could be away from my family, but I'd go make $5 million. Do I do that? Probably. Yeah. If you told me that I'm going to go away for two months for my family, be a lockdown in a hotel for less than I made in the car business last year. Not to mention it's going to be, a, you know, your, your salary is probably, they're probably going to be prorated for the year, so you're not even going to get your full salary for the year. Exactly. So so you're telling me i got to go stay in a hotel for two months away from my family or and, and people I love for 40G? Not a chance. Not a chance, right? So yeah, I'm sure that has something to do with the Hub City logic. Yeah. Now, there's but, the discussion about if there were to be hub cities, where should they be? And I know, again, for some reason, Regina's kind of getting, you know, looked down upon by people. Which is stupid. Who it's don't, so stupid. Who, That's stupid. Who don't really understand kind of what's going on in this area. And I, I think for a lot of reasons, Regina, and we'll just say Saskatchewan in general, 
because as part of our plan here makes the perfect chance for a hub city because number one yeah numbers are low okay yeah it's difficult to get in and out of but that's not a bad thing right and if the, the idea is to keep say let's just for the sake of argument's sake say there's going to be five teams held up in saskatchewan they are going to hub they're going to you know this is where they're going to live it's going to work they're going to do the whole thing they're going to live in saskatchewan from september through whenever the great cup is early december or whenever their team right. is done whenever they're eliminated the problem is in the right place because i mean if ed ganey is right and it's as boring here as he says it is that's probably a positive for hub city because then the players aren't going right. out and doing something stupid <laughs> right and then, then there's the actual reasons why this makes <laughs> sense as a hub city because number one the facilities here and in the sake of fairness and i know people like to talk about the hotels and all that but right now there's an abundance of hotels and dorm rooms and wherever they need to stage people right now because no one's traveling anywhere right now and hotels across the world are sitting dormant essentially so right. that that's number one not a concern and there isn't like fifteen thousand fans trying to get here from outside of the city all of a sudden at once so right. number one you can easily stage you know say whatever it is the 600 people you need to bring on board for those five teams you're good there shouldn't be an issue there no matter how you want to do it and then space so for practices if you really want to do this and we're going to include saskatoon on this just to really make it mm-hmm. easy to include only like the best facilities in this province you could really stretch it out to you know some other high school facilities if you wanted to but so for the sake of fairness no one practices at mosaic stadium for the sake of fairness for the sake of safety for the sake of cleanliness no one practices at right. mosaic stadium mosaic stadium is where the games are and yeah. that's it that's it you have a team practice at the field house at everest place you right. have a team practice at the u of r right you have a team practice at libel field in regina so you there's can, three you can have a team you can also have a team that practices at the field house at a moose jaw if you wanted to. Right. There's so four. so na- so now as the Saskatoon guy, um, renovations at Griffith Stadium are complete, so you can have Griffith Stadium. Mm-hmm. You could have and 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 the Canada West season uh, wouldn't really interfere with that because you can still you know you can you can practice at different times than the Huskies practice. God, I mean, the uh, Riders hold training camp there every day before some high school track and field stuff. So. Not high school, (laughs) elementary school, Joel. Whatever, I don't know. That's why they got bumped. But uh, in Saskatoon, you also have SMF Field, Mm -hmm. which I would argue is a better facility right now than the U of S. Well, Um, I mean, Libel and Regina is the same compared to the U of R, for sure. Right? You have a brand new facility at SMF Field that's indoors. You have the Sastel Software Center. You have four potential buildings. You have two outdoor and two indoor in Saskatoon alone mm-hmm. that again okay let's face it this season's going to be late might be into December yeah how's two teams here in Saskatoon you got a team in Moose Jaw you got two in Regina you got two in Saskatoon there's your West Division yep like <laughs> anybody that's arguing that Regina shouldn't be a hub city should just give a head a shake again to the production side of it as I feel like the production nerd tonight um New Mosaic is brand new. You would need one production truck because you have an HD feed in the stadium. They could just and 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 those broadcast booths are big enough. You could have social distancing between everybody. Oh, easily, easily, yeah. So Saskatchewan just makes makes so much sense. And and I would almost make the ar- argument that based on case numbers and based on facilities and based on hotels and space. It's hard to count out Winnipeg or Edmonton, too, as hub cities. Like, do yeah. you have your east and west out here? I mean, you, you could you could consider it. Like, I 
I think the, the other idea of hub cities is, I guess, based on what's happening in Ontario and Quebec, is there a location that makes sense for that in terms of numbers? And is also, in terms of, you know, those teams aren't really that far apart, do they really need a hub city? And then if you only have a hub city in one spot, but then not the other, is there is that fair? I don't know. These are all questions that are above my pay grade. Right. But in theory, I guess you could... You could basically just bring everyone out west and have, say, Winnipeg and Regina as your hub cities and just mash everyone together. You can play at right. either or, basically. Right. And, and and then scheduling becomes a lot easier, too, obviously, right? Well, yeah, scheduling becomes a lot easier. I think you're looking at two provinces that housing and hotels aren't, you know, through the roof and facilities galore all over the place. Like, right. I mean, it's, 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 it's the football heartland of Canada, right? So Mm -hmm. you wouldn't have conflicts, even, even if like, let's even say that there's a, there's a hilltops and a Husky season, you still have enough room here in Saskatoon that everything's fine. Right. So it, it, uh, yeah, I'm still shocked that for the everyday Joe that the the CFL seemed dismissive of the hub city idea today. I mean, it's good that people can play in their own cities, but I, I think it's not good to the to the to the common folk that are going to be. It, it might be good to the players and stuff like that. You can play in your own own cities and take buses, but you know to. To Joe Blow producer or Joe Blow, you know, audio guy that's sitting in a truck, like, you got to have the hub cities. Like, I, I, I think the CFL's foolish for not putting more, you know, looking at that more seriously. What we do know for sure is that every team's going to be losing at least four, four home gates right now. Yeah. And so the questions have now started to rise about, well, what does that mean specifically for season ticket holders? And right. we got a glimpse into that world today, thanks to a friend of the program, Jamie Nye, yes. of the CJME CKOM Green Zone, mm-hmm. as he happens to be, of course, a season ticket holder. His wife and his kids go to the games. <clears throat> right. Well, while he's he's stuck in the studio, you know, recording all the games or commentating all he, the games. He does, he, he does show up partway through the first quarter and leaves partway through the fourth to do the pre and post, but right. Yeah. He's there for part of it. Yes. Well, I mean, and, and Jamie's working and yep. again, friend of the show and Jamie works his ass off and Jamie's great at his job. Absolutely. So he got the email from the team as a season ticket holder in terms of what their options are. And I'm going to read yes. them first in the order that he presented. And we're going to talk about the order the team presented them in. Okay. So the quote, the tweet, hashtag rider season ticket options, full refund. Use credit for extra seats for family friends. Seat upgrades using credit money. Donate extra tickets to first responders. Okay. One of my favorites, Rider Store gift card, 110% of ticket credit. Gross. Probably the option I would go for if I were a season ticket holder. Apply credit to 2021 seats. Right. Uh, where it starts to get interesting. Donate to Rough Fighter Foundation and get a tax receipt. Okay. Not awful. Right, right. You get, you you get, get some, you get some out of it. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> <clears throat> Donate to the team directly, no tax receipt, and get a locker room tour with Jeremy O'Day in recognition at first home game, calling it Ryder 2020 champion. Now that we've broken the F-bomb barrier, that is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. That is like... And for for reference, and I don't know the order that went after, I found out that um, Jamie decided to put full refund as the first option in his listing of them on Twitter. I saw I saw that with Jamie on Twitter, yes. The actual email had full refund at the bottom. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> like, okay, I, I, the worst thing about it is that I feel like people, like, like every other I, idea that's presented there, you get some benefit. Mm-hmm. You get a tax receipt. Um, I know myself, I'm going to need lo- all the write-offs I can get as I've been on EI for three months and counting now, right? I'm going to need to fandango some stuff when I get back to work. 110% of your stuff on a rider gift card, great. Your Christmas shopping, your birthday shopping's done, right? You spent 500 bucks on tickets, 550 bucks coming to you, it's a couple new jerseys. It's all good, right? The one that you do not see any benefits <laughs> is literally just giving your money to the team. So Jeremy O'Day can show you, like, hey, this is where the jock straps are. And then you can come on feel. <laughs> like, <laughs> are you kidding me? But the stupid thing is, the stupid and like bravo to the marketing people. That because of rider pride. That feeling deep inside, people are going to do that. These are probably the same people that brag about their owners of the team. But even the ownership thing was like, you pay three hundred bucks, you get a share, you get to have a like, you get to mount it in your wall, you get some discounts, like, like eh, that even had benefit. Like, are you telling me that if you spent thousand bucks on season tickets? That you're going to be happy with Jeremy O'Day showing you where these guys... Like, Rider Locker Room is pretty cool. I've, I've had a chance to see it. It's not $1,000 cool. <laughs> like, oh my god. Like, and, 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 and... Like, if there was some... If there was some guarantee that if you just give us the dough that we'll see CFL football this year. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can almost wrap my head around it there. But, like, we're going to cancel the season. You're not going to have a Grey Cup. <laughs> you might, you're probably not going to get to watch a game here at Mosaic. And guess what? We're just going to take your money and kick you in the dick. But, hey, you get to run out of the field, feel real special. You know who else does that? You get to run out on the field, feel real special? Every other team with season ticket holders. Like, if you do this, you're dumb. You can Don't. run on the field after the game. Pretty much anyone can do it. I know. Just, like, just just freaking pay a security guard 20 bucks at a Regina Thunder game. You can probably, at the end of a game, you probably walk out there with your pants down. Like, just don't do it. Like, there are so many better places. Every other, every other option. I well, I don't agree with them all. There is at least an angle to it. There is, right? Yeah just giving your money at the same time i 100 percent do not blame the team for trying you know what <laughs> i do not blame them they, at all for they trying. have marketed themselves so well gas that i think people are going to do it and you know what i actually pe- saw i actually saw on twitter before this right actually i think it was because i have the three down nation twitter on my tweet deck i right. saw some bomber fan i think talking about talking about he would just let the bombers keep his money Oh, so no, this is not even just a Regina thing. <laughs> no, I know it's not. There's going to be diehards in every pro. Like, take that money. Take your money back. You know who needs it a lot worse than the riders right now that are probably going to get government bailouts and have money sitting in that stadium? The food bank. Yeah, yeah. If you really the, don't, if you really don't want your money back that badly, get your refund and donate it to a worthy cause. 
Right. And see, and, and that's why I like the fact that the writers gave the foundation as an option. Mm-hmm. Speaking again firsthand here in Saskatoon, the Riders Football Foundation is a big part of that renovation of, S- of SMF Field. Mm-hmm. If you feel like your money should go to minor sports, should go to grassroots football, if, if you have the ability to give your money to grassroots football at this time, great. Give it to the foundation. Mm-hmm. Get your tax receipt right off your CERB. You're good. You're smiling. That's fine. You just give the money to the team. You're a dumbass. Hell, and even, if you, even even if you wanted to get your full refund, go down to the casino when it opens up and put it all on black. Yes, that would at least be fun. <laughs> yes, exactly. And that money that you're going to lose unless you win, you know, fifty fifty shot. <laughs> that money that you lose will go to making good here in the province. Yeah, like like the fact that that, that is like again, I can't I can't fault the writers for try, trying. trying. No, like, I can't at all either. No. But the fact that people are going to do it, like, give your freaking head a shake. Like, ah, oh. And the stupid thing is, is I know there's going to be other mediums mm-hmm. and other mouthpieces and other people in this province that are going to say that is a good idea. And if you say that, I want to walk up and personally slap you in the face because a, a non Well, with some kind of stick or something because you can't touch them right now. Right. I do still have hockey sticks. Or, see, see, the problem is my curling brooms are still in my locker, the curling club that has been shut down since March. Hmm. But I have hockey sticks in my garage. I will slap you in the face like I was Marty McSorley on Donald Brashear wow. if I find out that you're sitting there trying to say, oh, you should just give your money to the team, right? Your pride is that feeling deep inside. It's right to pride. Like, okay. If you want the Ryder Pride, give it to the foundation. They do good work. Like, oh my. Or at least keep it for a credit for the next time. Like, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Even the Ryder store is not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Like, at least like you're I getting something out of it. Yeah. Right? My investments have taken a shit kicking this year. Right? So if I could gain 10% of anything these days, I'd be thrilled. Mm-hmm. Right? A couple new jerseys, some Christmas presents. You're feeling real good. But to just give your money to the team. Just, just don't, don't do it, please. Just my, my favorite reaction to this is from uh, Krista B on Twitter. If you're not following her yet, you should. Yes, absolutely, you Krista should. underscore B underscore eighty five. If you don't know, uh, says I yes. will absolutely be at the first home game for no other reason than to see who took the option to give the team the cost of their season tickets with no <laughs> receipt in exchange for a locker room tour. Yes, I am dibsing your spare room to come down to go to that first game back to just relentlessly point and laugh at those idiots. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.